I see that you're playing your Harry Potter game while recording this podcast. Yeah, I have to uh, multitasking. Oh, you have to make friends. <laughs> Tara doesn't have any friends. <laughs> I don't have any friends. I get like so far behind on it, and then they're like, "Here's a special thing where you do all these tasks and you make the friend." And then I start it, and then I never make friends because I forget about it. I actually haven't played that game in a long time. Then Wizards Unite came out, and I was like, "Oh fuck yes, it's like Pokemon Go, but Harry Potter." And I barely recognize that it exists sometimes. Yeah, I haven't played that. Ever. It's very complicated in comparison to oh uh, Pokemon Go. Oh, of course. You know, that's my coat. Berkeley. Berkeley. Anyways, this is Basic Snitches. Hi. This is just Adam and Tara rambling on about. Nothing. Harry Potter games. We need a fucking life. But also, what else is this podcast but Adam and Tara rambling on about nothing? And now Tara is distracted by Berkeley. I love kids. (laughs) They are very, I mean, they're always outgoing, but they're perhaps more outgoing today than usual. Yesterday, I clipped all of their nails, and Berkeley had the biggest tantrum that I've ever seen. She didn't hiss or anything, but the whole time, she was just wiggling and like singing and everything. (laughs) My God. Anyways. Hi. So uh, you may notice that we are not as outrageous today. As we usually are, and that's because our last episode and this episode are the first two episodes we've recorded while we aren't blitzed. (laughs) So, so Tara has to do a show after this. So, So we're drinking coffee instead of drinking... Yes. A couple years ago, my dad, for whatever reason, got me... Actually, I believe it was Santa, got me more K-cups than I could ever use. And I'm almost done with them, so... I'm going to have to buy new K-Cups soon. So we're back to read chapter six. Chips. Yep, Gilderoy Lockhart. Gilderoy Lockhart. I wrote Adam an outline, but before he reads it, mm-hmm. I'll tell you who won and lost chapter five. You ready for this? Sure. I'm excited to see who wins it in particular. <laughs> we'll start with the losers. Because it is a team of losers. Yes. We know that Ron and Harry are going to take that loss. I don't even need to explain why they lost. If you didn't even listen to episode five, you'd just be like, oh, they're talking about chapter five, the Whomping Willow. Yes, Harry and Ron are the losers of that chapter. But please listen to the episode because it's fun. What Um, other other team could they possibly be thinking of? (laughs) Molly and uh, Arthur, maybe. For leaving their children behind? Yeah. Whatever. No. Dumbledore and McGonagall? Dumbledore and McGonagall? (laughs) Uh. No, very clearly. (laughs) (laughs) So Harry and Ron lose. The winner of the chapter. Who do you think the winner of the chapter is? The Whomping Willow. The Weasley car. Oh, okay. Not not too far off. Something that is... Yeah, definitely the Weasley car. Yeah, I was going to say an inanimate object, but both of those objects are actually animate. (laughs) They are pretty fucking great, but um, went to the Weasley car. So thank you for not letting the children die, even though they were fucking awful. Mm. Hedwig would have also been a really good winner, now I think about it, but I support the Weasley car for winning. Very good. All right. My cats must think it's time to eat. It's not time to eat, but both of them are like... All over us. Yes. You are very small. Yes, that was to Berkeley, not to Tara in this case. But now she's biting my arm, so... She rude. Okay. Anyways, let me read this outline that you have sent me. Chapter 6. Gilderoy Lockhart, a.k.a. Adam's favorite professor ever. (laughs) So in case you missed it, Harry and Ron are fucking idiots, but somehow managed to not get expelled. Ron gets a howler from Molly, which honestly is much better than it could have been. Hermione is still mad at them, but also why? Let's get over it. 
It's also time for Herbology, but first we have to see Lockhart, who lectures Harry about how to be famous. Professor Sprout is fucking great BTW. We meet Justin Finch Fletchley, who is super huffle-puffly. There are mandrakes that Hermione already knows everything about. They wear earmuffs and play in the dirt with plants that could eventually kill them when they grow up. The mandrakes, not the dirt. <laughs> well, the dirt is not de deadly. Not dangerous at all. On to Transfiguration, which is hard because Harry forgot everything. Honestly, Harry is all of us at the beginning of a new school year. Then they go to Defense Against Dark Arts, but we first meet Colin Creevy, another viable candidate for president of the Harry Potter fan club, and Lockhart does another quick How to Be Famous lecture. Then Lockhart gives them a useless quiz that only Hermione gets right, of course. Then he get, lets a bunch of pixies loose, which I guess is supposed to be teaching. Ron and Harry are onto his BS. Hermione saves the day. First day of class goes as expected. Okay. <laughs> there are some things in here, like Hermione being angry. I mean, I guess I get it. It's also just the day after. She's a little irritated, but I support this. So at the beginning of the chapter, it's breakfast the next day. Like you said, Hermione's a little bit still like irritated about what happens, but then the howler comes during the mail. Errol comes crashing into the table with the howler and Ron's like, oh no. And I think maybe it's Hermione is like, oh no, I still think he's alive. And he's like, oh no, that's not what he's talking about. It's a howler. And I wrote, Ron <laughs> obviously does not care about Errol at all. <laughs> no, he treats Errol like shit. Also, why is male in the middle of meals? Yes, you talked about this in the past. Yes, I fucking hate it. Yeah, it really doesn't make a whole bunch of sense. I don't know. Maybe that's like... There are bird feathers and like dirty <laughs> animals flying through the hall while you're reason. eating your food. I was trying to think like maybe that is like when owls <clears throat> are trained to do it, but like then maybe there's like some complex <clears throat> network of owls and it's timed at that moment because that is how the owls are programmed. Or I don't know, you know, I'm just right. trying to think of like why. Who even knows? But of course, the good thing about it being at meals is that everybody gets to hear this howler. Yes. And you said in your summary that you think that it could be worse. Tell me more. No, the fact that he gets a howler, I think is like really getting off real easy. Like Molly didn't come to school herself and like whoop his ass. Now, what if that happened during meals instead? Honestly, Molly like, I'm really surprised that Molly just does not come to Hogwarts and is like, are you fucking kidding me? I think Molly might also be like, you know what? I have enough shit to do. This kid's ruined my week enough. Maybe this is the best. He's like, I just can't even look at him right now. No. Staying home. Yeah, I guess that's true. I thought you meant that the text in the Howler could have been worse. No. Like, I would have liked the Howler to be calling Ron, like, a fucking idiot. <laughs> I mean, like it basically that. does without yes. using those exact words. But in particular, that Howler, like, cursing and stuff at him. But yes, so I love the Howler as another, like, new additional magical element that's introduced to us. Mm -hmm. I feel like if we had Howlers, like, I would be sending regular mail more frequently because I feel like an angry Howler is perhaps more effective than an angry text. <laughs> <laughs> Or even an angry phone call. <laughs> so I enjoy that. The other thing that I really liked about this is some of the people's reactions to it. So first, and I'm not going to count this for your counter, so don't worry, because I'm saying it. But Neville is like urging Ron to open the howler like he's been there before. And he's just like, it'll get over fast. Like, don't worry about it. So not only is he like being a good friend, but it probably means knowing his grandma that he's gotten howlers for lesser offenses than what Ron has done. And then I do kind of like how after the howler, Hermione's like, oh, 
you got punished enough and stuff. Like, I don't mind it because it's the day after. But it also shows how fast the mail is. Similar to the Daily Prophet. Like, man, they really get shit done. I mean, they don't have, like, texting and stuff like that, so... Right. Just another reminder that you could have sent a fucking owl to Hogwarts. Seriously. What if I got <laughs> owls, guys? That's to my cats. Not to you guys. As in listeners. <laughs> Please, respond to me. What if I got owls? What would you think? Should I do it? I'm sure the cats would like it. This is not the first time I've asked my cats if I should get birds on this podcast. Anyways. So, after this, we go to our first class of the year, which is Herbology. But first... Oh, what did I miss? We're interrupted by Gilderoy Lockhart. Oh, he yes. Has to tell I turned that Professor complete thing Sprout off. Sprout how to do this. Yes. And also, so, it's like, like, on the way to Herbology. <sighs> the new guy coming in and trying to, like, tell other people how to do their job instantly. Like, what a fucking douchebag. I just want to say that if Professor Sprout is clearly annoyed by you... You fucking suck. 100%. That was something I was thinking, too. If you didn't find him insufferable before when you met him in Flourish and Blots, you're like, yeah, but now he's annoying, like, one of the nicest people you've met, so <laughs> she's fucking great. And he is so smarmy. Absolutely. Oh, my God. What are you doing, Berkeley? She's obsessed with my coat or something. I don't okay, know. so we have... It might sound a little bit different in the, now because I had to move into my library because my battery was, like, dangerously low. So, sorry about that, but now, like, Berkeley has come in, and she's still obsessed with Tara, which, I mean, can you blame her? <laughs> Look at her. She's a weird one. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so, yes, he's the kind of person who knows better than anybody else. Like, he's not staying his in his lane as the professor of dark arts. Now he's trying to tell, or show, Professor Sprout how to do her job. Yeah. Although I do kind of think it's cute. That they put slings on the Whomping Willow. Yeah. I really, really like that. And that is something that I kind of, like, missed from the past. So, wanted oh. to bring that up. I also love that after he has this, because so he's like, Professor Sprout, I'm going to talk to Harry, or whatever. And, like, so he makes Harry late for class. And then he talks at him about being famous, or whatever. And Harry's literally, like, standing there, like, what the fuck just happened? Right. Well, and because what he is approaching is like, oh, you did this because of me. And he makes it about him in the most, like, strange, unnatural way possible. He's in the ass. Like, you went and did this car thing because you wanted more attention because the attention that you got when you were in the fucking bookstore. Like, that's so crazy. And it just shows, like, what a psychopath he is, because that's not how normal people think. Man, I just, I really hate him, but we all do that. So, but we go to Herbology, and this first time we spend time, we get to meet Justin Finch Fletchley. Uh-huh, I mentioned Jay Finch. Yeah, so after Puffs, I don't like calling him Justin Finch Fletchley, it's a really prissy name. Yeah, I like Jay Finch. Also, it's just way easier to say Jay Finch. <laughs> yeah. Hyphenated <laughs> <laughs> and whatnot. Um... But he is Hufflepuff as fuck. He really is. The way that he's just like introduces himself and he starts naturally having this conversation, mm-hmm. it really is because it's just like he's just friendly. And yeah, he, you know, this is this is one of his first times. It seems to like really connect with Harry Potter and introduce himself. Yeah. and 
he talks about his parents having like a, a fully certified wizard in the family, which of course is just that's pointing important. out that he's muggle-born. Yes, this is our first time actually being in herbology class mm-hmm. too. Which Obviously, is cool. they had it last year because they're in um, greenhouse three instead of one, which is where some of the more dangerous plants are. It still sounds like it would be a fun class to me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Again, on the let's have a class. It's totally cool to work with something that could knock you unconscious for several hours that's very safe <laughs> just I wonder, put on those earmuffs do students have to sign waivers or anything for any of this i wonder who the fuck knows at hogwarts yeah because <clears throat> then there's also an animal that's like teething or something like that the venomous tentacula yes he says stay away from the venomous tentacula it's teething and it's like wrapping itself around oh where it's like wrapping her yeah wrapping itself around her yeah and And, and she like gives it a look she's like no don't do that i don't know it seems fascinating to me i as an adult have tried to get a green thumb and i'm not great at it but like i have a fair amount of like house plants and i have vegetables and whatnot in my backyard and i'm doing my best so i'm definitely not a hufflepuff because i can't like keep these plants like you know thriving as much as i would want them to but i don't know it's still fascinating to me and i bet that like it smells really good in some of these greenhouses oh yeah also probably smells really bad in some of them <laughs> right after herbology they go to transfiguration. transfiguration speaking of puffs I remember your line in this book of puffs about, like, talking to Oliver. You're trying to transfigure a beetle um, into a button. Why is it so hard about that? You were to transfigure a beetle into a button, or a button into a beetle, or whatever. I always said it wrong. (laughs) What's so difficult about that? Details, Matt Cox. Holy shit. Like, that's Matt Cox, you're a fucking genius. Yes. So, I adore you. I really love that. Um, I love how Ron literally, I mean, I don't promote murdering beetles but like how ron keeps squashing the yeah beetles. also though harry is helping a brother out getting that steps in for those beetles Harry <laughs> beetle he's like hey helping you get your steps in for the day you're welcome fitbit will be proud of you oh my gosh it just says he manages to chase his give his beetle a lot of exercise <laughs> so i was like mm, that beetle's fitbit in. is proud of him oh my gosh what if like you know they don't have their, their Wi-Fi or their, like, Chromebooks or anything, but one of them actually does have a Fitbit because that those didn't even exist at this point. No. So they can't be like, oh, you're a witch, because, I mean, obviously. But <laughs> <laughs> you're a time-traveling witch, which, okay, that's in the next book. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's I, not a great joke. I do love it. The other thing that I thought of in regards to the Beatles that this made me think of is that they're turning them into coat buttons, and it made me think of Victorian fashion. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> there were all these weird, kind of creepy trends in the Victorian area in terms of fashion. Like, they would kill beetles and use their, like, scales in okay. dresses to okay. make it look like jewels. So okay. sometimes, like, if you'll see, like, a really ornate pattern on that looks like it could be emeralds or something, it's actually beetles. Like, dead beetles. I mean, whatever works, I guess. Is I don't that know. insane? So I know, that's what it made me think of in that instance. I don't know if that's what JK was actually thinking of when she wrote this, but... Mostly I just appreciate that she, like, checks in with us in that class. It doesn't really do much for us to go to Transfiguration, but I like that we check in with it. I really like how it feels. Because then we get to go have more time with our favorite person. I don't know who you're talking about. But first we run into Colin Creevy. That's right. And then, of course, who walks in on that? Fucking... Draco. Draco. Yes, this is an important scene, too. Um, Draco had good timing. 
He had some good timing there. He did. He's getting he gets better. timing points. His <laughs> bullying is not the worst. And then he's like, you're not special. I'm going to make jokes about signed photos that are being wor- that are like worth more than your friend's house, but you're not special. I'm like, you're stupid. Well, at one point, too, he says something about, like, jealousy and, like, not being jealous. I'm like, bitch, you jealous. We remember yeah, we all know a couple jealous. chapters ago when you were in Borgen and Burke's non-provoked mentioning Harry Potter, like, of course you're jealous. Like, you yeah. can't stop thinking about him. You have a huge crush on him. Right. Like, we all know this. But this scene is so interesting because, obviously, Jay Finch was brought up because of what happened yeah. later on. So very similar to what we said in the last episode about Filch Being established in the movie, yeah. So that's important. And then, of course, we meet Colin Creevy, which, personally, I kind of think Colin Creevy's a little annoying. He is. He's annoying. This whole dynamic between Draco and then Gilderoy and Colin Creevy, it's kind of amazing because it really does grow this kind of normal occurrence, perhaps. Colin is just amazed by Harry Potter because he's a first year. He's meeting somebody who is very famous in their world. It adds some flavor to Draco's character of him being like obviously the bully. And then Lockhart hearing it. On top of it, it's just, it's a nice moment to kind of make all three of those characters grow, even though all three of those characters aren't really my favorite. <laughs> so, right. Really enjoyable little yeah. section there. That gets us into class. I've written all over my notes. Is this guy for real? He's just so much. And then he gives them the quiz. So here's the thing. I am very suspect in these books that he's written that everyone like believes that he's great because they've read these books. The questions on the quiz are what is my favorite color? How is that important information when you are talking about how you vanquished a vampire or something? Right. And then I used a metal cross and he was burned alive and I saw my favorite color because I was so happy and it's purple. <laughs> I don't know. Like the stuff that is on the quiz. I'm like, no one gives a shit when your birthday is, except for Hermione. But why is that relevant to the types of stories you're telling? Right. Of course, it's just show that he's an egomaniac. But this is the first day of class. It's almost like they were assigned homework over the summer, which, you know... Clearly they must be, because Hermione... Hermione keeps saying that she was, and she obviously read all of the books. So maybe he did say, okay, buy all of my books, then read all of them during your summer break so that I can give you a quiz about myself that has nothing to do with the actual class on the very first day. It's really, really ridiculous. And I will say, I do relate to him on one level. He does like fire whiskey. <laughs> you know, I was going to say something about that too. But you know what? I'm not even going to like... But he's so fucking dramatic, so bye. Yeah. And like, also like Seamus tries to call him out about the pixies. Is like, really? Right, Yeah. Uh, not only that, but then even later, maybe it's like at the very end, someone, I'm thinking that maybe it was Hermione, says something like, oh, he wrote all these books about things that he did. And Ron is like that he said he did. Yeah, that's literally the end of the chapter. Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious right up front that he is a complete hoax. Hermione is so smart, but she doesn't get this. And that's so concerning to me. Like, she's smart enough to know better. She's like almost charmed by him. Yeah. She had to fucking save the day, mm-hmm. but... Um, but she still sticks up for him. Yeah. Yeah. It is really, really insane. Even the way that he first introduces himself. It's, but did I really read this correctly? Like, the first word he says is me. Yeah, he's obsessed with himself. It's, it's terrible. Ridiculous. But... I should I'm, say it's terrible. It's written in a great way to yes. make us hate him. He is fucking terrible. It is. I have written all over my notes. Just, like, what was Dumbledore thinking hiring this guy? Aren't we concerned? 
Lockhart is a fucking idiot. Like, I have written this over and over. Yeah. Um, he says, I see you've all bought my books. Well done. Like, you forced them to. Right. It was on the list. Like, it's not <laughs> well done. Good job doing what I told you to do. Like, that's not even a part of your class. It's like a requirement for the course. Yeah. And then when he lets the pixies out and they start wreaking havoc... He says, like, a clearly fake spell, too. Yeah. Like, who do you think you are fooling at this point? Like, it's not going to work, clearly. And then, like you said, Hermione <laughs> has to save the day. She immobilizes all of them. I mean, I guess it's, like, that she's just completely charmed by him. She is. I'm trying to think of, like, other instances where that happens. People like Victor Crumb and Cormac McLaggen kind of come up. But even, like, Cormac, no. Like, she isn't as impressed with him. So it makes me wonder, like, what else is going on here? Is there something else about him, I don't know, that he's, like, charmed his aura in some way to make himself more attractive to women, women or so? I, I don't know, but it, it just seems way, way off. I mean, he is not charming Sprout, that's for no, damn sure. No, not at all, that's true. And then Although, later on you <clears throat> see how he doesn't charm McGonagall. yeah. Okay, well, so that's true. I was going to say that the actress who plays Pomona Sprout is a lesbian, so maybe Professor Sprout is also a lesbian, and that's why she's charmed by him, but Migga ain't a lesbian. No, she's not. Yeah. But we're on the movie, so we can talk about her. Yes! she's fucking great she is amazing it's no longer on netflix but i was really into franny fisher's murder mysteries and miriam plays her aunt prudence and there are so many moments where aunt prudence is scolding franny there is one moment where she was like she's always trying to like prove her authority and she said something like she's on 13 boards do you remember that i sent you a video of me watching Mm -hmm. and i was like fuck Professor Sprout, like, calm the fuck down. Why are you on 14 boards? But yes, she is, like, so perfect in this. That Even that shot of the camera, like, zooming down to the greenhouses and everything, and you can immediately tell, like, what a lovely, warm personality Professor Sprout is. A couple things, though, she did not have pink earmuffs like the book has. I know. Which, I mean, in the context of the movies, things aren't quite as, like, saccharine, I don't think, than they are in the books, and I don't hate it. There's also a line that I didn't say when we were talking about the books, where she pulls the baby mandrake out of that pot as if she was just, like, repotting a begonia. Yeah, she's... I love that line. (laughs) She's the herbology professor. Yeah. She can't do anything. She's like, oh, this is so, like, commonplace. Like, how often does she, like, repot baby mandrakes and everything? Even, like, in the movie, she does kind of, like, stare at the baby mandrake a little bit like look at this bitch <laughs> we're putting it in in the new pot the mandrakes look really good i think the mandrakes are great like yeah i really i really think they look fucking great when we do compare it to like the um the one thing willow for example mm-hmm. i was like whoa like whoever made those mandrakes yeah. did a great job uh, now maybe this is a conversation for later on but of course they use the these baby mandrakes as a form of medicine later on mm-hmm. do they grind up the babies i don't want to think about it Maybe they, I don't know. I don't want to have that conversation because yeah. I don't know. I feel like we're going to have that conversation. This might be a little premature, but something to think about. You know what? Comment on one of our posts on Facebook or shoot us a message or something and let us know what you think. Yeah. What happens to those baby mandrakes? Of course, we don't get so much of Gilderoy 
as well in any of this until we get to his class. Yes, which I, think... I also wrote down, I was like, oh, darn, we don't get much Gilbert. Which is actually upsetting in the movie because, again, Kenneth Branagh is perfect. Yeah. He does a great job when you get to his class in showing, like, what uh, twat he is. But in the books, the fact that he's always, like, intervening and trying to, like, rub off his influence on Sprout and Harry and everything, like, it just makes it so much more, like, slimy. Also, I really, really hate in the book. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> I don't hate in the book. I hate Lockhart in the book. How he always repeats Harry's name. Mm -hmm. like he, Harry, Harry, Harry. I don't know why. It seems patronizing to me. The way it is very patronizing. Things. So I definitely don't miss it. Of course, in the movie, we don't see the Whopping Willow in a sling, uh, which is kind of upsetting. The other thing that we kind of didn't touch on in the movie, the Howler. Well, the Howler came a little later in the movie. No, I oh, think the Herbology. In the uh, movie? In the movie, yeah. They went to Herbology. And then they had whatever, lunch, whatever. And then they went... Okay, interesting. But I will say, it's still different. Only Errol comes. Like, it's not all male yeah. at once. And, like, he, like, dives into... It looks like a bowl of chips or something. And it's a little less, like, pathetic. But also the Howler first turns to Ginny and talks to Ginny in, like, a sweet voice. I hate that... She says, congratulations. In a howler. In a Ginny. howler. And Ginny looks like, oh, thanks, Mom. She looks like, so upset. Thanks for turning the attention on me. And then I do kind of prefer this. In the movie, the howler rips itself up. It doesn't burst into flames. I don't know why, but I think the... I kind of like the idea of both of those things, though. Yeah, like, I would like to maybe. see it burst into flames, too. The fact that it Just rips itself see. up, I don't know. Oh, it looks so uh, cool, yeah. but I'm mean, like, I wonder what they would have done if they had had it like, burst into flames. Burst into flames if, again, for a movie, I talk about this a lot, I think there's some effects that they do in the movie because it's just cooler in a movie. And something bursting into flames, eh, maybe was a little too, like, easy, I guess, or normal That's for a fair. movie, you know? It's yeah. cooler to see it get ripped up. So they have Herbology with the Hufflepuffs in the book, but in the movie, they're all there. That was another I thing just want to say that um, if you're going to put Malfoy in the scene and have him get bitten by Mandrake, that's what you get, bitch. I love it. True. I feel like that's almost the only reason why to include them. I mean, they, they in the movies, for the most part, they try to include... I feel like I feel like Slytherin is almost always present Slytherin's in their classes. Slytherin's almost always there. But since we have to focus on Hufflepuffs more, I'm like, sorry, Ravenclaw, no one gives a shit about you. <laughs> yeah. It's a seriously. good thing you're going to be around to save the world. It's fine. Unless like, you're Gilderoy fucking Lockhart. Right. Listen, you know. <laughs> but, like, the flying lesson, for example, I feel like that one was just Slytherin. Yeah, and that's what it is in the book, too. Yeah. You know, like, why not keep them around? I guess. Part of me, and maybe I'm thinking too much, like, as the character, it's kind of nice for them to have, like, a reprieve from Malfoy. So, um, yeah. having it just be the Hufflepuffs, and that seems a little bit more, like, on brand, I guess. The other thing, and we both mentioned this when we were watching it too, Susan Bones and Hermione are like BFFs. Susan Bones getting all the screen time. Yes. Yes. She's Susan right Bones. next to Hermione during Herbology. And then they're sitting together in Dark Arts too, mm -hmm. which is so interesting. I can't think from the books. I don't know that they have for defense against the Dark Arts with any other class. I wonder if those are all separate because at any time we spend in those classes, in the books, in the books I don't think they have with anyone else. Interesting. I want to really pay attention to yeah. it. Yeah, something to keep in mind. Um, she is so noticeable because in the first movie, she's like the first Hufflepuff we meet. Yeah. Which is also kind of interesting because, like mm. I mentioned, they have that Argus Filch moment. We meet Colin Creevy. We don't meet Jay Finch here. No. I feel like it's really only during We We fun. meet 
Jay Finch during dueling. And then they spend more time, and I think they ended up cutting it from the movie. The scene where it's Susan and Ernie and Hannah who are talking about how Justin needs to stay away from Harry that Harry overhears. Yeah. So I'm excited to get to that part of the book to see what that looks like. We'll definitely get there, but But, I agree. But yeah, I'm not sure why Susan Bones is getting all this time because she's not really... Why isn't Justin getting this yeah, time? Yeah, exactly. I and I didn't even, like, notice him. Maybe, I mean, like, listen, I am all about minor characters just getting time to be established, oh, yeah. though. Yeah. So. Now, another thing that happens, I think it's during this one. It might have been maybe in the last one. But regardless, we see Nearly Headless Nick coming down, and Percy is there with Penelope Clearwater, yes. his girlfriend, which we mentioned in the past few episodes. And... I actually didn't realize that it was Penelope Clearwater. After the fact, I know Tara had said that Percy's girlfriend was a Ravenclaw. But recently, actually right after the Halloween parties that we went to, I went to a Harry Potter trivia in Akron, Ohio, a little bit south of where I am, with some of my Puffs castmates. And we got second place. It was real hard. <laughs> um, but I think it was Tessa. I was on a team with Tessa, who played Megan, Brian, who played Wayne, our director, Dan, and Tessa's girlfriend. But one of them definitely knew that it was Penelope Clearwater. I can't remember which one it was, because it could have been all any of them. They're all super, super smart. But yeah, they had mentioned it. And so this time when I saw that was Penelope, I was like, oh my god, there they are. I love that she's there, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of a fun thing to see happen. We, of course, don't get any of Transfiguration class which it's fine it's fine it's a little bit like eh. but again like there are more classes that i would have loved to see a little bit more of too like charms of course charms made a little bit more sense for the first book herbology for this book we get it but i always want to spend more time in class for these so i think that might be everything that i have yeah for i mean i think they do a nice job with the scene in defense i think that they cover that really well mm-hmm. and again kenneth branagh yeah. Real perfect. I was commenting while we were watching the movie how I loved seeing the portraits react to the fiasco oh, yes. with the pixies. Yeah. It also was kind of cool to like right after you read the chapter to watch things from the movie and see there's definitely dialogue and stuff directly out of the book, which is cool. Yeah. You know, how Seamus is the one who's like, are you really Cornish pixies? Yeah. Whatever. So that's kind of cool. But That's awesome. Because I think that happened more in the first book. Mm-hmm. And I'm noticing a little bit different now in this book but it's always nice to see that yeah. original dialogue so but i um, really i think they did a, yeah. a decent enough job with this I chapter think so in the too. book the, another thing that you did say when we were watching the movie is when the pixies take gilderoy's one after he says that fake ass spell which that's the same in both yeah two. it's the same and they make that giant dragon skeleton fall out of the ceiling and tara was like <laughs> that's a bad day <laughs> as as natalie would say yes that was awesome even like, man, I'm mentioning Neville more in these episodes. Are you not mentioning Neville because you don't want a, the counter to go up? I didn't need to mention him. Yes, but he has that great moment where he's hanging from the chandelier. And then his line where he's like, why does it always happen to me? Oh, that's in the movie. Yeah, I know. We're talking about the movie right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think you're trying to avoid saying Neville. I'm not going to count those as, as Neville oh counter. Oh my gosh. No, I wasn't avoiding saying Neville. I was trying to keep it very short and sweet. Yeah. Well, don't be afraid to use Neville. Neville. Let, let your love pour out. Oh, she said Neville. I made a finger motion for myself that, that was wasn't recorded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. was not very He's helpful. helping himself. <laughs> yes. But um, here it is again. Official. Okay. Anyways. Wow. <laughs> Anything else about the movie? No. It's amazing because prior to this, I was like, damn, Terry, you got a long episode. A lot of stuff happens there. 
But we're at only 40 minutes right now. I don't know what the episode's going to end up being. We got through that really fast. Well, I think that it's important to note that even though it's like maybe a longer chapter, there's still a lot of stuff that's just like the same. Yeah, that's true. So far, some of the themes for this book that we talked about Mm -hmm. are things like Ron and his family or the class system of the wizards, the the ability of underage wizards to do magic and stuff. And we've gotten past that now. So now we're more in familiar territory, which is interesting because we're not talking so much. We're we're more plot focused here. And it's more set up for what's going to happen later. So it is, I guess, a little bit more black and white, but I still love it. This is a great chapter and I agree that the movie did it. Yeah, because I feel like we spent way more time talking about Dobby and the chapters around Dobby than we did talking about like flourish and blots and so many things happened in that chapter but it was just more streamlined yeah that's just my thought so my points speaking of things being long my points list is much much longer this time okay plus five to Hermione and plus five to Neville both for a similar reason the whole Howler reactions with both of them I really like but also Neville having to deal with the pixies and then Hermione's thing with the buttons. Like there's the one scene where she has all these beautiful buttons. And I'm like, yes, you'd be proud of your buttons, girl. <laughs> Plus five to Jay Finch because Jay Finch is there and I play Jay Finch and Puff. So yay, Jay Finch. Plus five also to the Whomping Willow in his sling because I think it's cute. Plus ten to Molly for sending that howler. <laughs> it's a great howler. If Molly is around, I'm going to give her points. I feel like that's kind of like one of my golden rules. <laughs> Plus 20 to Sprout, because Sprout is there, and Fuck, we fucking yes. love Sprout. My favorite character in this chapter, I think, as a whole. That's not necessarily true, but she was introduced here, and we see more of Sprout, so... Plus 20 to Sprout. And then negative points. Negative 5 to Colin Creevy, because I find him annoying. Not anything huge. Kind of like last time, I gave 5 points to Snape because of that little moment where he caught them. Not, not a big deal. I just think Colin's mm. annoying. Negative 10 to Draco, because, bitch, you are jealous. <laughs> Who are yes. you trying to fool? And negative 30 to Lockhart, because fuck him. Also negative 30 to your cats for being assholes over here. Yeah, the whole time they have been, like, really clingy, and now they are, like, doing a stare down. Just staring at it. Come on, guys, have a fight. Come here. Fight, fight, fight. Every time I think they're going to have a fight or they are fighting and I get my phone out and start filming them they immediately stop like they know they're being filmed look at them anyways so to recap that that's plus five Hermione plus five Neville plus five Jay Finch plus five Whomping Willow plus ten Molly Weasley plus twenty Sprout negative five Colin Creevy negative ten Draco and negative thirty Lockhart and that is the end of chapter six next time we will be reading again I did not prepare it's chapter seven mud bloods and murmurs yes mud bloods oh no oh no so we're gonna be talking about racism in the next chapter that is that so we'll catch you next time yeah thanks Uh, for listening we'll probably drink more wine for next time i hope so that plan that is during the week but it's during the evening so this time, definitely wine. It was a Saturday during the day, and Tara, of course, has to go act and sing now. So we didn't drink. But next time we'll be juiced up again for you. I'm gonna be thinking that I don't drink before I perform. This is this is a lie. But I'm not drinking before performing this. Show. She's professional. She's just trying to fool you because she thinks it's cool. But she's a professional bitch. A professional bitch. Yeah. I mean, I could have drunk wine, but this would be real uneven, and I'd have to drink even more to, you know, really carry the weight of 
the alcoholism That's in this right. podcast. So. Alcoholism. So next time we'll be back on our game and back real, on our bullshit, real guys. Thirsty for you. So we'll see you next time. Yep. Bye. Basic Snitches is produced and recorded by Adam Bowers and Tara Corkery. Edited by Adam Bowers and published by Tara Corkery via Podbean, and now available for download wherever you listen to podcasts. A special thanks to all of you for taking the time to download and listen to us. We hope you enjoyed us. If you enjoyed us, please be sure to rate us five stars on your listening app of choice. And if you didn't enjoy us, then we're sorry you're so angry. Please also connect with us. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Basic Snitches or email us at basicsnitches at gmail.com. We're excited to get more feedback from our listeners and to hear what you have to say about the questions and discussions we have on the podcast. Catch, Catch you later, snitches! snitches.